0: listening to the CIPD podcast series. Hello and welcome to the programme. In this podcast, we'll be taking a closer look at performance management. It's a core part of the HR lexicon, but there always seems to be plenty of debate about how to do it. One thing most in HR seem to agree on is how important it is to get it right. For this programme, we caught up with some really big organisations, Sainsbury's, Cambridgeshire County Council and Japan's largest investment bank, Nomura, to find out how performance management works for them. You can find out more about the people featured in this programme by taking a look at the show notes that accompany the podcast. They're at cipd.co.uk slash podcasts. To start off with, I spoke to Angela Barron. She's the CIPD's advisor on organisation and resourcing. The CIPD has produced a lot of research in this area over the past 10 years, so I asked her what it revealed about how performance management can make
1: an impact and why it matters. Some of the sort of best practice that we could see emerging was where performance management was really acting as a portal to talent management. So by going through the performance management process, managers were able to identify people who were willing, wanted to move on to progress their careers, had further potential to develop and therefore access them into a talent management process to give them a range of opportunities where they might do that. Um, I sometimes have a few problems with talent management, that it can sometimes Im- imply a sort of exclusivity, that we have talent that we're managing and what happens to the rest of them. And I think, you know, the, the best systems are where it's very inclusive, where Everybody has access to some kind of uh, process of review to review where they're at in terms of their performance because everybody needs to know what is it I need to do my job and how can I do my job better. That is just a basic process of managing. It's not rocket science, really. It is about giving line managers a tool to be good line managers.
0: It's clear that performance management is about everyone in the organisation as everyone's performance makes a difference. But developing a standard framework can be quite a challenge, especially in organisations that carry out a diverse range of work and functions. I spoke to Stephen Moyer, Director of People and Policy for Cambridgeshire County Council, and he gave me an idea of the very wide range of the council's remit.
2: In Cambridgeshire County Council, we've got about 18,000 people that work for the authority. Very diverse, ranging from colleagues in 230 plus schools so lots of teachers lots of school-based support staff through to social workers dealing with vulnerable adults children and young people Uh, then we've got highways engineers people that deal with potholes um what else have we got oh we've got the usual array of finance it and hr people of course because you can't run a half billion pound business without good infrastructure and support so nice mix but these interesting tensions in how you deal with different groups in terms of performance management, how you communicate that to them.
0: That really is a mix of very different roles. So how do you go about developing a performance management programme for all employees? Where do you even start?
2: Well, we have one framework for uh, performance management that applies across the board, and yes, a lot of it's number crunching and data and hard measures that are useful at senior levels to inform decision-making particularly, and our politicians like that Um, If I'm talking to finance people, they love figures, so that's good. They like trends. If I'm talking to a social worker or if a manager is dealing with social workers and we want to get them to think about performance management and understand what that means, we talk about outcomes for service users. So we would say to a social worker, um, we need you to focus on ensuring this person is discharged from hospital in this amount of time, and it's really important to them because we want to get them back into the community. We want to get them living in their own home. We want to get them attending the course they were doing part of the adult learning offering. So you talk about impact upon people and families to particular individuals. But behind the scenes what you've just done is you've just talked about a performance indicator we share with the NHS on discharge time from hospital, you've talked about people independently living performance indicator, and you've talked about number of older people living in communities taking up adult learning. So it's it's techniques like that we have to help managers use according to the group of staff they deal with.
0: Yes, I mean you say this lightly but it's Actually, immensely
2: complicated. It is, it is, but the storytelling, and, and actually, that's, that's probably one of the real cultural techniques the ability to tell stories and um, promote good performance through the organisation by effective internal comms and bringing it to life. I mean, everything we do touches on people in some shape or form, or the community. So if we always bring the stories to life around communities, around individuals, it has a lot more meaning for our frontline staff. It's actually hugely relevant to our politicians because, of course, it's their electorate as well. So the storytelling technique's really powerful, but it has to be backed up by hard data and robust systems.
0: For Cambridgeshire County Council, then, getting the communication right is a crucial part of the process. It's about defining performance in the right terms. Next, I spoke to Michael Spears, the HR partner for trading and commercial at Sainsbury. I asked him how they go about measuring performance in a competitive retail environment. Are sales targets the ultimate performance measure?
3: Absolutely. The the start has to be with target setting. Um, So in a very straightforward sense, we use target setting forms. Um, But what we try and do is capture on the forms at the time that we set the targets the how, um, because we're in a business where, and certainly the environment that we're in at the moment, the commercial environment um, at the moment is constantly changing. Um, it really is News24 at the moment in that respect. So we, it's far more important that when we come to measure your performance, we have a, a real understanding of what you did in relation to what you said you were going to do because who knows what could happen tomorrow. Um, I could set you a sales target, I could set you a performance target. That might seem very clear today, and six months down the line, when we come to do our final measure on it, the market may have changed substantially. So capturing the what and the how um, are are really important at that stage. We need to make sure that we're very clear how you're gonna do it, because in effect, we're really measuring the how. Um, You know, so if you did exceptionally well, did you get that by default? Did you just simply have a a lucky experience, a competitor closed across the road or um, a coachload of tourists turned up and shopped in your store that day and spent a fortune? Or did you really uh, not achieve your targets, but actually, conversely, you did everything that you said you were going to do and more to try and get there, but the external market was simply running against you? Outcomes have to to drive, we're a business, we're a commercial business, we have to be driven by our our results at the end of the day, but um, very much on a one-to-one level, it's very much the how. How do you how do you go about achieving your targets?
0: So performance isn't simply about direct outcomes, but the employees' behaviours in the delivery of those outcomes. Quite a complex thing to measure and evaluate. I asked Angela about the level of training needed for the line managers who are carrying out those assessments. What are the skills they need to effectively manage performance to really make all this work?
1: It's not enough just to teach managers how to do a performance appraisal, you've also got to enable them to understand why they're doing it. Because if you want this to be something that is really... And buy-in from managers is absolutely essential to performance management. This is a tool for managers to manage well. It's not a process for HR to police. So it should not be seen as a box-ticking HR process, something we do to keep the personnel department happy once a year.
0: So management buy-in, then, is an absolute must... But how do managers in turn get feedback on their efforts? I wanted to find out how organisations go about measuring the data, so I asked Stephen Moyer how they evaluate performance management at Cambridgeshire County Council.
2: We conduct a whole workforce employee survey using MORI, so we benchmark. We also last year had our second cultural audit from the Institute of Employment Studies, so we've done a diagonal slice of the organisation to get qualitative feedback on top of the hard stuff from the employee survey. We ask specific questions in the employee survey around my manager. The levels are really positive. The feedback around quality of line management in the organisation is very positive. Uh, But importantly, we also know the pockets of poor practice as a result of doing that, so we can then go and address it. People get praised for good performance, people get supported to improve their performance, and people leave if they don't perform.
0: You're listening to the CIPD podcast series. Next, I spoke to Stephen Sidebottom, Head of Human Resources Europe at Japanese investment bank Nomura. I wanted to know what type of performance management strategy works well in an investment bank.
4: A few years ago when I first joined Nomura, we had a a performance management system which in my view delivered no value to the business, It was no net value anyway, I mean it was time consuming, difficult, burdensome, very difficult, you know just the interface with it from a technical point of view was hard. So, from my perspective, that was just something to abandon we 've developed a, a, a three sixty degree uh, approach um, which um, has uh, has been i think pretty well received. Um, Um, investment bankers are are quite sceptical about uh, things like that and if they see them as HR interventions they're not massively enthusiastic Um, and and how we've developed this is actually the other way around so we've worked with the businesses to identify how they measure performance what are the things that they actively manage and what we've done is to build up the system that integrates into that and is fed from our finance systems on a daily basis with all that data. So it's real to people, it's a source of useful data to them. So from that we have had a a, a good uptake, and because we ask uh, 360 questions which are role-specific and much more intuitive and therefore easy to answer, I mean, you can answer those questions about people if it is part of their job and you would expect to see them doing it. That makes the whole thing much faster, much more intuitive, and then we um, use the data.
0: So, by approaching performance very much in business terms, they made it much easier to engage managers in the process. But in such a busy environment where there are conflicting demands on managers' time, you'd expect a certain amount of resistance. I asked Stephen how difficult it had been to get the purpose of this across.
4: When we redesigned the processes with, uh, with the businesses, they asked for them to be shorter and for them to be less time intensive. Um, we said no, that wasn't the right approach. It's not about reducing the time, it's around maximising the value of the input. So it's all around perceived value and we don't have a problem with managers not recognising the return to them from that. They know that in a business like ours, providing feedback is important. They understand the criticality of the decisions they make around people as managers, and they recognise that the data that we collect through this process is valuable and useful to them in doing that, and it's also valuable to the individuals themselves. Having said that, it is designed to be intuitive and easy. So one of the criteria that, that, that I set out when we looked, for example, at the 360, is that I wanted it to be as easy to complete as a Marie Claire questionnaire, as intuitive and as short if, if possible, and yet to have underlying rigour. And we, that, we have managed to combine that.
0: It seems fairly clear that having a good performance management framework can be a hugely useful management tool. It helps identify performance problems and training needs, or on the other side of the spectrum, flags up star performance and helps to identify future business leaders. To this end, then, it's clearly worth putting the effort into developing good performance management processes, which are easy to use and understood by all. But can we take this one step further and say that performance management directly impacts on business performance? Is all this really adding to the bottom line?
1: It's almost been a, a leap of faith that if you raise individual levels of performance, organisational levels of performance will improve, won't they? Um, we did try in 1997 to prove this. That was my next <laughs> How do you measure this? Well, we did try to prove it and we did try to see if there was a correlation between independent financial performance from companies and the existence of performance management we didn't manage to prove that categorically um, because performance management of course is linked with so many other processes however there is good evidence available from us at the CIPD and from others that if you manage people well in terms of having a set of key practices in place, which tend to always include performance management, then better business improvement results from that. The argument being that if you manage people well, they have higher levels of skills, they're more engaged, they're more motivated to exhibit discretionary behaviour, which is the, the difference between good performance and excellent performance. And that feeds through into financial performance and hence business performance. There is evidence to support that. I asked
0: Michael Spears the same question. How does Sainsbury's go about measuring the impact of its performance management system? And is he confident that this is improving Sainsbury's business performance?
3: I'm sure I could put together lots of statistics that would prove it. But to me, it's a very straightforward metric. Um, if, you, if you have better engaged colleagues, it naturally feeds through to your bottom line. They're better, they feel better attuned to the business they care more about what's going on in the business, Uh, simple things if you're sitting on a checkout um, and you are really really in tune with what you need to achieve um, how you can improve sales you go that extra mile you have that conversation with the customer you talk to the customer and you feel engaged with the customer about what kind of things might go with that soup they've bought and those sorts of things are really obvious to me and I share the fact that they may not be obvious to people who want to see a tangible link but Uh, To me, it's almost something that that defies the need for for proof.
0: We've heard some very good examples of what organisations are doing to get performance management right. I asked Angela Barron about performance management and the pitfalls we need to be mindful of.
1: Some of the sort of classic pitfalls that organisations fall into is they give out mixed messages. So, for example, uh, you know, they will say through the performance management process, uh, you know, the team is important. So being a good team member, acting as part of a team. But then if you pay people individualised performance-related pay based on their individual performance then you're giving out a very mixed message so that's a classic the others are around you know very bureaucratic rating systems where people are are given a number or a letter you know you're a three or you're a B or whatever without really understanding what that means so Um, you know and 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 sometimes ratings are good sometimes it helps with the sort of objectivity of performance management but ultimately performance management is about people understanding what is expected of them. Finally I asked Michael Spears
0: for his perspective on what types of performance are best addressed through a performance management approach. When should you use it as a tool?
3: Performance management is something that should be done at all times for good and bad reasons Um, when the, when the going is good and when someone's going, going great guns and doing a great job, that's a great time to sit down and review performance and keep that sustained performance by saying, you know, you're doing great and celebrate the success and also learn from it from how they can share it with other people so they're not working in silos. Um, performance management isn't something that you just take out of the, the drawer when you've got a p- particular issue that you need to deal with. Um, That isn't coming from, going back to something I said earlier, that isn't coming from the love place, coming from a tough love place. That's coming from a process place. Um, If you really care about someone, you never allow yourself to get to that. So doing it consistently and doing it when it's good and bad.
0: I hope you found this an interesting look at the ever-popular subject of performance management. Remember, you can find more information about the subjects we cover in each programme in the show notes at cipd.co.uk slash podcasts. Our next podcast will be taking a look at the current industrial relations climate and the challenges it poses for HR professionals. You've been listening to the CIPD podcast series.